Welcome back, everybody. It's good to be back with you again this morning. If this is your first time joining us for a Thursday morning, you are in for a treat. Today, I'm going to teach you how to activate your faith, how to feed it, how to exercise it, how to stretch it, how to increase in faith and watch your faith work for you. You know, God never intended for you to live on the bottom. God intended for you to live as more than a conqueror, to do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And the Bible says that this is our victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So it's your faith in Christ. It's the faith that comes by feeding on God's word that gives you the victory over the world. So I believe at the end of this live stream, you're going to walk out victorious and you're going to be very thankful that you stuck around to the end. As people are jumping on, make sure you give this video a thumbs up. If you haven't already, type it in the comments. Let me know where you're watching from. Good morning, Robert, and random things with Nick. Good morning, brother Colton. Hello, Brett. It's good to see you, brother. Thank you, Colton, for tagging people in the live stream. Everyone else, as you're jumping on, do me a favor and share this with somebody. It helps us tremendously when you send this out to other people. You're helping us to get the word of God out, which God really appreciates. You know, God honors his word. The Bible says that God watches over his word to perform it. So as God's word goes out onto other people's devices, as this reaches the different nations of the earth, God is watching over his spoken word to perform it in your life, in my life, and everybody's life that we send this to. So send this to him as a blessing today. Hey, Adam, good to see you. Marquis, good to see you. Abril Vasquez, good to see you. Someone said it's their first time on the live stream. Well, I'm glad that you're here. You're going to enjoy this today. Let's keep liking it. Keep sharing it. Let's get up to over 100 this morning. <clears throat> Today's title is how to activate your faith. One of my favorite things about these Thursday morning live streams is that I take about an hour with you. Whereas Monday, Tuesday, and even Wednesday, I try to keep it around 20 minutes, 20 to 30 minutes at max just so that we keep it short for people because I realize not everybody can sit down for an hour at a time and listen to the word. People got things going on. But Thursday, I take one day out of the week to go deep with you, to give you the full spoken word, to make sure that your spirit is fed, that you get deep revelation on the things of God and that you move up higher. God doesn't want you staying where you're at. God is a God of increase. Remember, in Matthew chapter 25, there's the parable of the talents. And the parable of the talents, God goes and checks, well, prophetically, the master in the parable tests the different servants that he's entrusted with talents to see if they've multiplied what the master gave them. So God likes to check in on your life. God is going to check us when we get to heaven one day. And he's going to say, did you multiply the talent that I gave you? Did you multiply in revelation knowledge? Did you multiply the gift I gave to you? Did you multiply what I entrusted to you on the earth? So these Thursday morning teachings is me helping you to multiply what God has put into your life. And today we're going to learn how to multiply our faith. Faith can be multiplied. Faith can be increased. Faith can be enhanced, enriched. You can have more faith today and tomorrow than you had yesterday. Somebody type in the comments for me, faith can be increased. And we're going to get into it this morning. Good morning, Amber. Prospect, good to see you from Nigeria. Margie, hello. First time watching in Jamaica. Paulette, God bless you in Jamaica. St. Petersburg, Florida. Man, we got people all over. This really blesses me. Your faith can be increased. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 11. And I want to tell you what God says about faith. 
Hebrews 11, starting in verse 1, this is what it says. Now faith is. That's a whole sermon in and of itself. Now faith is. Faith is now. Faith is not yesterday. Faith is not tomorrow. That's hope. Faith is now. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Now faith is a substance. It's a now substance. Meaning that as faith is increased in your life, there is a tangible, real substance that builds on the inside of you. For example, when you listen to these teachings, as I give you the word, you feel in yourself that there's something that rises up that makes you want to act on the word. It makes you want to just puff out your chest a little bit and run headfirst at the devil. There's a substance called faith that rises up inside of you that makes you realize that no devil is ever going to reign over your life. Oppression, depression, anxiety, poverty, sickness. There's something about faith that puts everything in this life under your feet. There's a substance to your faith. As the word is preached, that substance grows. Your faith is fed. Makes you want to run around the building. Like David said, run at a troop and leap over a wall. Good morning, John. Good to see you. I've missed you the past couple days. I'm glad you're back. So now faith is the substance of the things that you hope for. Well, that hope is based on revelation knowledge. When God's word gets into your spirit and the Holy Spirit reveals his word to you, it creates hope, which then leads to the evidence of things you do not see. So we know that faith, I want you to write this down in your notebook, put it in the comments. Faith is a muscle. Faith is a muscle. Faith is not a theory. Faith is not just something that Christians say, well, I'm in the faith, brother. Are you in the faith? Are you in the faith this weekend? Are you going to church? No. Faith is a substance that is based up of revelation knowledge of hope. And it creates things that you can't see with the natural eye. Faith is the muscle that pulls the supernatural into the, <clears throat> into the natural. Excuse me. <clears throat> faith is your muscle that connects heaven to earth. You can use your faith. Here's three things you must know about the muscle of faith. Number one, it must be fed. Just like your human muscles, I like to work out. But if I don't eat, oh, missed the button. Glory to God. I like to work out. I used to be a personal trainer. Well, there's one thing I learned about working out. If I work my tail off in the gym, but I don't feed my body, I will not grow. So even if you're using your faith, but you don't feed your faith, your faith can't grow. No matter how long I'm in the gym, I could be in the gym all day, bench pressing, putting up weight. A day later, if I don't eat, I won't put up the same weight I was putting up yesterday. If I go two days later and I still don't eat and I'm fasted, I'll go down in weight. My muscle will actually get weaker because it's not being fed. You feed your faith, and then after you feed your faith, you must exercise your faith. Your muscles must be fed. And then number two, they must be exercised. I'm going to teach you how to feed your faith, how to exercise your faith, and finally, number three, how to stretch your faith. Muscles must be fed. They must be exercised in order to grow, but they got to be stretched or else you won't remain flexible. You ever seen those big bodybuilder guys that they've got the feeding process down, they exercise really hard and they've got the huge muscles, but they walk around like this. That's because they don't stretch. You can't just feed the muscle. You can't just exercise the muscle. And you can't just stretch the muscle. You have to learn how to feed it, 
how to exercise it, and how to stretch it so that you remain healthy and well-rounded. How do we feed our faith? Go with me to Romans chapter 10. For those that are just jumping on, this is how to activate your faith. I'm teaching you three keys to activating your faith today. How to feed your faith, how to exercise your faith, and how to stretch your faith. Romans chapter 10, listen to this. Good morning, Sam. Good to see you. Good morning, Sandra. Romans 10, 17 puts it this way. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the way that you feed your faith is by hearing and hearing the word of God. For example, if I woke up on Monday morning and I ate a great breakfast, I have the best breakfast. I cook up 12 or 12 eggs, not 12 omelets. That'd be too big. If I got 12 eggs, I make a massive omelet. I throw my favorite meats in there, my favorite veggies in there. I even got peanut butter and jelly toast on the side with a glass of milk. Great breakfast. (laughs) Great breakfast. So I make this awesome breakfast. Well, it'll feed me for Monday, but come Wednesday, come Thursday, come Friday, my muscles start getting weak. So my muscles are strengthened by feeding and feeding. By eating and eating. You don't eat just one day a week and then expect to have all your strength at the end of the week. That's not how it works. So faith comes by hearing and continuously hearing. Anytime your faith feels low, your faith muscle doesn't feel like it's working properly, you've got to get God's word in your spirit. You've got to hear and continue to hear the word of God. Does your faith feel low for finances today? Get yourself a nice three-portion entree of faith preaching when it comes to finances? Is your healing not feeling the same way it was when you had hands laid on you? Pull up a T.L. Osborne clip where he preaches the fire of God on faith when it comes to your healing. If there's an area of your life that's feeling weak, that your faith doesn't feel strong in, you've got to feed it by hearing and hearing the word of God. I have series and series on how to renew your mind, how to receive your healing, how to have faith for finances, how to be free from oppression, depression, anxiety. If you wake up in the morning and you realize my faith is low in this area, well, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Feed your faith by getting sermons in you, by getting God's word preached into your spirit. It will feed your faith muscle and enable you to work and exercise your faith. So number one, faith must be fed. And it says it is fed by hearing and hearing the word of God. Not just hearing once. The watering process. My pastor and his pastor, Pastor Stan Pody and Pastor Mark Hankins, they talk about the watering process. I believe it's in Ephesians where it says that there is a continual washing of the word. God's word needs to be watered in your spirit. In Matthew 13, it says God's word is a seed that is planted. There is the planting of the seed of the word into your spirit. But that planting requires watering. If you just take a seed and put it into soil and you don't water it, it won't grow. It won't grow to maturity. It won't grow and bear fruit. That seed must be watered. So in order for that seed to be watered and to bear good fruit, you can't reject the watering process. You can't reject the feeding process. You've got to identify where your faith might be weak and water it and feed it and get it strong in that area again. Somebody type in the comments, I won't reject the watering process. Sometimes where people miss it or they get weak in faith, is when they've been on my live streams all week long or they've heard me preach on faith 50 times and then they jump on and they're like, ah, he's just talking about faith again. I'm going to go check out something about like the Nephilim or the Leviathan spirit or whatever, you know. I'm going to go check something I've never seen before. That's great. You go watch what you want, 
but don't reject the watering process. You've got to sit under the watering of the word because you're going to be shocked one day when God opens your eyes to revelation you've never seen before. There's even people right now, you're listening to me, and you've already received something that you haven't heard it put that way before. You've already just received something by the Holy Ghost that you haven't seen that way before. That is the watering process where the seed of God's word in your spirit is being watered to fruition. The muscle of faith is fed by the continual hearing and hearing of God's word. You can't hear it just once. You can't see it just twice. You've got to get it in you every day, all day. God's word is working mightily in your spirit. So number two, how do we exercise our faith? Well, in order to exercise a muscle, your muscle must be used. So if all you do is come on the live streams and you hear God's word, and you're like, oh, I heard Brother Talon say that if I give my tithe and I give my offering, God will bless me. God will open the windows of heaven on my life. God will rebuke the devourer for my sake. But if you never do it, you won't see it. If you watch a P90X ad on YouTube with all these people that are just ripped to the bone and they say, if you do this exercise for 90 minutes a day, three times a week, you're going to look like me, but you never do it. You just stay on the couch. You'll never look like them. So it's not enough just to feed the muscle. You've got to use the muscle. You've got to put your faith into action. Any muscle you do not use will eventually deteriorate. You ever seen a person in a wheelchair that's never used their legs? Are their legs the same size as yours? Not even close. They've got to use their legs in order to put the muscle on it. So just because you feed the muscle doesn't necessarily mean it's going to grow. If you don't use the muscle, it will deteriorate. Muscle atrophy. Yes, John. Very good. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. I'm going to show you how to use your faith. For those that are jumping on right now, this is how we activate our faith. How the faith muscle must be fed, must be used, and it must be stretched. How to use your faith. Paul tells us right here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. Listen to this. We have the same spirit of faith. We have, meaning it's contagious. Not just I have, not just you have. We have the same spirit of faith. God's word feeding me increases the spirit of faith on the inside of me. And because I have the spirit of faith, this is what I do. As it is written, I believed and therefore I have spoken. So we also believe and therefore we speak. If you're ever not believing and ever not speaking, you are not using your faith muscle. I'll say that again. Anytime you're not believing and anytime you're not speaking God's word, you're not using your faith muscle. On the contrary, anytime you're hearing God's word, anytime you're believing God's word, and anytime you're speaking, declaring, and claiming God's word, You're using, actively using, your faith muscle. So how do you know if you're working your muscles in the gym? They're a little bit sore. It's a little uncomfortable. Your flesh doesn't like it. You ever wake up early in the morning and you like roll out of bed? And you get up to make your confessions in the morning? Jesus is Lord. I'm blessed. I'm not broke. I'm healed. I'm not sick. I'm highly anointed. I'm highly favored. I'm blessed beyond measure. But it doesn't really come out the same as when you're in a Holy Ghost service and the anointing is flowing and you're already pumped full of faith. And then you're like, hallelujah, by his stripes, I was healed. Glory to God. And you start shouting in speed tongues. 
The way you'll know that you're working your muscle is because your flesh will feel uncomfortable. Anytime your flesh is uncomfortable, you know you're using your faith muscle. The same way when you get under a bench press and you got 300 pounds of weight on it. It's not exactly the most comfortable. But it gets more comfortable and more used to it when you beat it into submission. Going to the gym is not the easiest the first couple of weeks. But once you're four weeks, five weeks, six weeks in, it becomes a piece of cake. Then it's weird if you're not in the gym. It's the same way with your faith. You believe and therefore you speak. You use your faith muscle to receive your healing. You use your faith muscle to receive your prosperity. You use your faith muscle to uproot that mountain, to kill that giant, to possess the land. Use your faith muscle. Your flesh won't like it. It'll be uncomfortable, but you'll know it's working when you start feeling that. So Paul said, I've used my faith muscle by my believing and by my speaking. David used his faith muscle when he believed the covenant that he had with God and he spoke to Goliath and said, surely today the Lord will deliver your head into my hands. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that mocks the armies of God? He knew his covenant, he believed it, and he spoke it. He put that faith muscle into action. A great example, Mark chapter 5, the woman with the issue of blood. It said she heard the reports of Jesus. She believed the reports of Jesus. And she said and continued to say, if I but touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. She used her faith muscle as she said it, as she pressed through the crowd, as she knew she wasn't supposed to be there. She was activating that faith muscle and receiving her blessing. Somebody type in the comments, I will use my faith muscle. I will use my faith muscle. I'm not going to let my faith muscle run dry. I'm not going to let it go into starvation. I'm not going to let my faith muscle go into atrophy. I'm going to wake up every day, purpose to feed my faith muscle, to believe my faith muscle, speak it, use it, activate it, and to watch it work in my life. I will use my faith muscle. Well, everybody knows when you start feeding your faith muscle and you start using your faith muscle, what happens to your muscles? They get bigger. When I started going to the gym, I didn't get smaller. When I started eating right, I didn't get smaller. When I started cleaning up my diet, getting good food in me, and I started working my muscles, I started getting bigger. I started feeling better. I started lifting my shoulders back and had a good look in my eye, a confident look. I started knowing my worth a little bit more. I didn't feel defeated and beaten down and, and insecure and depressed. When I started increasing in strength, I carried something different. When I knew that there's something different about knowing that you're, you're stronger than the average person. Now this isn't, I'm not coming at this from like a pride angle. Like my goal is to be the strongest guy in the room or something. Although that's not a bad thing. But there's something that happens in your, your self-confidence. Hey Trista, good morning. There's something that happens in your demeanor, in your stature. When you know that you're a little bit stronger than the average person. When you know that you're a little bit healthier than the average person. When you know that you've put in the work to go the extra mile. There's something that happens in your self-confidence that you know, huh, there's a mountain in my life. I've seen this before. Piece of cake. There's a Goliath in my way. I've seen this before. Let me get a rock real quick. There's enemies in the promised land. I've seen this before. I'll tackle this just as easy as I did the first time. There's something about your self-confidence that increases when your muscle is getting used. When your muscle and your strength increases your confidence will increase with it hallelujah <laughs> yeah someone in the comments eee! all right we're gonna have to mute you buddy because that's gonna get annoying 
For people that are jumping on right now, this is how to activate your faith. The three ways to activate your faith is by feeding your faith, exercising your faith, and stretching your faith. Oh. I get it now. The reason he's making that noise is he's a cicada. And that's the noise they make. Anyway, without getting too distracted. <laughs> Your faith is a muscle. And it's got to be used. It's got to be fed. And finally, number three, you can write this down. Your faith must be stretched. Your faith must be stretched. <laughs> That's right, Adam. So not only does your faith need to be fed, and not only does your faith muscle need to be exercised, but your faith muscle must be stretched. Working with a lot of athletes, I played college football myself, but doing a lot of personal training with athletes. The reason why athletes get injuries is because of a lack of stretching. The reason why many athletes experience injury, setbacks, bad posture, isn't because they lack muscle, and it's not because they lack food, but it's because they lack stretching. They lack mobility. They lack flexibility. Your stretching of your faith increases your flexibility. The more you stretch your faith, the better posture you'll have. The more you stretch your faith, the less likely of a chance of you injuring your muscle is. So how do we stretch our faith? Number one, <clears throat> your faith is stretched by believing God. You must determine in your heart, I believe God. Whatever's in this word, I believe it's true. I choose to believe it no matter what. I'm not walking by sight, but I'm walking by faith. I shall be justified for the Bible says that the just are or the just live by faith. I decide to live by my faith. <clears throat> Smith Wigglesworth used to say it this way. I'm not moved by what I see and I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm only moved by what I believe and I believe God. The first step to stretching your faith is not being moved by natural circumstance. Only being moved by what you believe. And you believe God. Number two, how to stretch your faith. You've got to learn how to face Goliath. You have to learn how to run at the troop and leap over the wall. You have to learn your covenant with God. You have to believe it. You have to speak it. And you have to run head first right at it. If you don't believe God, and if you never sling the stone of the word, if you don't speak your covenant, you won't stretch your faith, and you're almost guaranteed an injury. Number three, how to stretch your faith. Be of the ten and not of the two. In Numbers chapter 13 and Numbers chapter 14, you see the story of the 12 spies. The 12 spies that Moses sent out to go look at the promised land. It was a land that God had already given to his people. He said, this is a land that I've already given to you. Well, when they got to the promised land, they saw that there were giants in the land. They saw that there were Amorites in the land, Amalekites, Hittites, Canaanites, cannibals. They saw that all of these enemies were already in the land. But God never talked about the enemies. God just said, it's a land that I've already given to you. Meaning that they weren't imposing on the giant's land. The giants were imposing on their land. There's land and promises that God has for you that the devil has imposed on. He's trespassing on. And you have to rise up and go face the giant. You have to rise up and go push the enemy out of the land. Is there a promotion you're believing for? 
Do you need healing in your body? Are you believing for a prodigal son to come back home to the Lord? Are you believing God for something? If you're believing God for something and the enemy is trying to hold you back, you've got to go and push the enemy out of the land. You're not trespassing. The devil is. Be of the ten and not of the two. The twelve spies came back from spying out the land. Ten of them said, there's giants in the land, there's enemies in the land, we can't take the land. But Joshua and Caleb rose up and they said, God is with us, therefore let us take the land at once. They believed God. Just block him, yeah. They believed God. They believed their covenant with God. They spoke it. Let us take the land at once. Let us possess the land at once. Let's whoop those giants out. Get the enemy out at once. Well, they chose to use their faith muscle. And God spoke to the ten that said that they couldn't take the land. And everybody else in the camp that believed the report of the ten. God called it an evil report. The rest of them that believed that evil report, they never took the land. They got exactly what they said. But there were two that took the land. Joshua and Caleb. God said they have a different spirit about them. It was a spirit of faith. So be of the two and don't be of the ten. Don't be moved by who's in the land. Don't be moved by the enemy that's sitting on your promise. Rise up big in the power of God. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Believe His covenant. Speak His word. And move forward and run right after the enemy. The Bible doesn't say if you resist the devil, he'll fight you. The Bible says if you resist the devil, he will flee from you. You resisting the devil means you run head first at the devil. Anytime a devil rears its ugly face at you, you run right at it. And it won't fight you. It'll run from you. It'll flee from you. So be of the ten. Don't be of the two. Possess the promised land. Conquer Jericho. Press through the crowd like the woman with the issue of blood. Activate your faith. Believe God's word. Speak God's word and act on his word. Hallelujah. And I'm going to pray for you at the end here. But I want to show you a story in the Bible where somebody stretched their faith and it was honored by God tremendously. One of the most powerful stories in the Bible. Go to John chapter 12. Somebody type in the comments for me, John 12. And then I'm going to pray for you. So stick around to the end. That's right. Daniel said like the three furnace people. That's right. The three Hebrew children. John chapter 12. Listen to how this woman <clears throat> stretched her faith to honor God. And watch how the Lord rewarded her. It says in Hebrews 11 verse 6, God is a rewarder. Of those that diligently seek him. So when you stretch your faith. It says it's impossible to please God without faith. And if anybody would please God. Or draw near to God. They must first believe he is the God of the Bible. And that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So to please God. You must activate and stretch your faith. And when you do. It says God will reward you for using your faith. John chapter 12, starting in verse 1. Listen to this. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus, where Lazarus was, who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. They prepared a supper for him there. Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. So Martha and Mary were the sisters of Lazarus. Then Mary took a pint of very costly ointment, made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet 
with her hair. So imagine your brother just died. And when your brother just died, Jesus comes and raises him back from the dead. <clears throat> he's, already in the, he's already been in the coffin. You already had the funeral. You watched him get buried in the dirt. Jesus comes and he raises him back from the dead. You would be pretty grateful. You would want to honor him. Well, the Bible shows how she honored him. She honored him more than probably anybody in the whole New Testament. So as Jesus was there, <clears throat> verse 3, it says, Then Mary took a pint of very costly ointment. Other translations say it was a year's salary. So she took this precious ointment that was a year's salary. What's your year's salary? 40000 50000 $60,000? So she took this ointment that was worth probably forty to $50,000 and she poured it on him as an offering. The house was filled with the fragrance of the ointment. When you pour out an offering to God, it fills the house with a very sweet fragrance. God loves the smell of somebody that gives a big offering. Verse 4, but one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would later betray him, said, why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He said this not because he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief. And having the money box, he used to steal what was put in it. But Jesus said, leave her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial. So she saved up for the day of Jesus' burial so that she could honor him. For you will always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. And I think it's in the Gospel of Luke, it says that this story will be remembered forever. When she gave that offering to Jesus, it blessed him so much the way that she activated her faith and stretched her faith. By giving that massive offering. It blessed him so much that he honored her in his word forever. He chose that story to be put in the written word of God. To be remembered for eternity. And she'll, re she'll receive honor even when we get to heaven. We're going to get to heaven and we're going to say, You're the Mary that poured the ointment on Jesus. That's in all four of the gospels. I read about you. I read about your sacrificial offering. I read about how you stretched your faith. How glorious of a story it was. So when you stretch your faith, God honors you for it. God rewards you for stretching your faith. I want you to type this in the comments before I pray for you. God rewards me for stretching my faith. God rewards me for stretching my faith. Anytime that you use your faith and you stretch your faith, God will reward you. He's pleased by faith. And you know who was the person? The first person to see resurrection power was Mary. She was the first person that saw Jesus rise from the dead. Remember, she went to the tomb and she saw that he wasn't there. And then he let her see him. Her offering gave her access. The first person to receive access to resurrection power. Because she stretched her faith. And poured out a great offering. Anytime you use your faith. God will be greatly pleased with you. And God will reward you. You must activate your faith. You must feed your faith, you must use your faith, and you must stretch your faith. Then and only then will you watch your faith muscle grow and do amazing things in life. Every exploit done in the Bible is an exploit of faith. Hallelujah. I remember there was a time where I needed financial breakthrough in my life. And I took $1,000 out of my bank account which I didn't, I, I barely had more than $1,000 at the time. I took $1,000 out of my bank account and I sent it to my pastor. 
because I realized that without him, I wouldn't be where I am today. Without him, I won't go where God wants to take me. And I took that $1,000 and I honored my pastor like the woman with the alabaster jar. Now, obviously, that didn't, I didn't save up a year's salary, although $1,000 is a year's salary in some nations. I took that $1,000 because it was my best at the time. And I gave it to my pastor as an offering. Well, God was very pleased with that. And after I gave my pastor that $1,000, within like the next two months, I had over $30,000 come in. Because the Bible says, whatever a man sows, a man shall also reap. God is not mocked. I'm not deceived. Whatever I sow, I reap. And God is very pleased when you stretch your faith. So I encourage you, whatever area that you need to stretch your faith in, stretch it. Believe God. If you need to be healed, stretch your faith. Go to a meeting. Drive 10 hours to go listen to somebody preach the word of God. If you need to be healed, I'm preaching this Sunday. I have the honor, while Pastor Stan and Pastor Mary are out of town, I have the honor of preaching on Sunday morning at Faith Church at 11 a.m. If you need healing, stretch your faith. Drive however far away you need to drive from and come to the meeting. I'll pray for you and God will reward your faith. You'll receive your healing. If you need faith in your finances, take a financial seed, sow it into the ground, water it with God's word, and watch God bring in a mighty harvest. Anytime you stretch your faith, God will always reward you. Amen. Well, I want to pray for you. Before I pray for you, I want to give you an opportunity to give this morning. As you know, we're currently feeding 12 Hundred. That's 1,200 every different kids every single month in other countries. Kids that can't feed themselves. The Lord has blessed us to be able to help them each and every month. And next month, we're bumping it up to 1,500 kids. We also have 11 other ministries that we bless each and every month financially. And if you've been paying attention on social media... We've reached over 20 million people this month. We've reached over 20 million people this month on different social media platforms. I believe God has anointed me and chosen me to be a vessel that he will use to reach Generation Z with the gospel. To make sure that Generation Z is saved. To make sure Generation Z doesn't go to hell. So you can help me. Thank you, Eugenia, for your $50 seed. You can also give on YouTube, as you see in the chat. I believe God has chosen this ministry to be one of the many vessels that he will use to bring revival to Generation Z. So if you want to stretch your faith this morning, and if you want to help us to continue preaching the gospel, these are the different ways that you can help us financially. You can help us through Cash App at dollar sign Revival Way. You can help out through Venmo at Revival Way. PayPal at Revival Way or evangelistaylan at gmail.com. It's the same account. Or you can go to our website. The link is in the chat, revivalway.com. And you can click partner financially today. I encourage you, if you're not already a monthly partner with our ministry, pray and ask the Lord if he would have you join us every month. I say this often, but many people will spend like $50 to $100 every month on Starbucks, on Chick-fil-A, the Lord will be very pleased if you choose to partner with the ministry financially each month. Now, the Bible says don't give out a pressure or compulsion. So I'm not pressuring you. I'm just telling you God is pleased with a joyful giver. So when you tie your finances to the kingdom of God, God ties his heart back to you. He loves you, but he really can't do without a joyous, prompt-to-do-it giver whose heart is in their giving. Is what 2 Corinthians 9 says. So I want to pray for you, those that are giving today, and I want to honor those that have given in the past and those that are giving right now. John, thank you for your giving. God bless you, brother. The Lord's going to bless your Airbnb. I want to prophesy right now, John. Your Airbnb business is going to explode because of your faithfulness and your giving. Every seed you've planted, you will receive a massive harvest on with your business. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Exceedingly abundantly, greater than you could ever ask, think, or imagine. A money ministry is coming into your hands. I want to honor people that have given on Cash App. 
We really appreciate your giving. Lindsay, thank you for your giving. God bless you. The Bible says to give honor to whom honor is due. So whenever people give, I like to honor you publicly. And anyone that has questions, if you want me to answer anything, I'll take the next couple of minutes and I'll hang out with you. While people are giving, I always like to answer questions. I always like to say hello. Daniel, you've been in the chat the whole morning. I want to know, where are you from, Daniel? Good morning, Kelly. That's right, Timothy. God rewards you for using your faith. I want to give a shout out to Shane McAuliffe. Thank you for your giving, brother. I appreciate you. Camille, thank you for your giving. Camille sent in a big seed. And she said, the Lord spoke to me and told me to send in this seed because he's raising you up as a Billy Graham to this generation. I receive it. Thank you, Camille. Ann Decker, thank you for your giving. Victor Garcia, thank you for your giving. Corey, and then there's obviously many, many more. Let me give shout-outs to people on PayPal. Jennifer Kingston, thank you for your giving. Christopher Wingate, thank you for your giving. And I know that there's more. Glory to God. Daniel's in North Carolina. Well, God bless you, Daniel. While people are, are giving to the ministry, up on your screen right now, we're going to pull up a slide for if you're looking for a good church. Two months ago, go ahead. Two months ago, I picked up myself, my team, and this ministry. And we all felt the call of God to come down to Faith Church in Ruston, Louisiana. And I want to encourage you. If you don't have a good church that's preaching the full counsel of God. If you don't have a good church that's preaching against sin. Operating in the power of the Holy Spirit. There is no better time than right now to uproot your whole family and to move to a good church. Now, a lot of people would be scared to say that. I'm not. Because it's the truth. Jesus is coming back very soon. And the Bible says that there will be great deception in the earth. You don't want to be amongst those that are deceived. You want to be in the protection and the house of God. So if you're looking to be somebody that God's going to use in these end days, these last days, I want you to pray and consider coming and paying us a visit. Come spend a weekend with us down in Ruston, Louisiana. We have a little thing that we'll send, uh, we can send to you via email where we've put together all the best hotels, all the best Airbnbs, all the best restaurants. We've put together an entire map for you so that you can come down here and have a great weekend. And you can come spend time in the presence of God with us at Faith Church. And you can come meet my anointed pastors, Pastor Stan and Mary Pody that are doing a great job raising up this generation to carry the fire of God. So you don't want to miss it. I highly encourage you, come check us out. You can come spend some time with us, myself, Cade, Steve, Megan, the whole team. We'd love to meet you. John said it's about a 24-hour drive from Plattsburgh, New York. But one weekend I will. Well, John, if you can fly, I encourage you to fly. Megan said, hallelujah, I encourage anyone to get to a meeting of Evangelist Talon. I drove with my sister's family last fall, and God moved through him to heal my 15-year-old nephew of cancer. Praise God. Amen. Thanks for sharing, Megan. It's true. They brought her nephew, who was 15, who had cancer at the time, and we prayed for him, and the Lord Jesus healed him. So if you need healing in your body, this Sunday... I encourage you, come spend time with us at Faith Church Ruston. And I'll pray for you. And maybe you'll find a new home with us. Glory to God, glory to God. Well, I love you, everyone. If you want to contact us <clears throat> to come visit the church, you can use the email that's in the comments right now, support at revivalway.com. And we would love to hear from you and get in touch with you and tell you how you can come and spend a weekend with us. Let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, every person that gave financially today, every person that gave on the live stream and any person watching this after it's already been posted, 
I speak a very special blessing over their seed. And I thank you ahead of time for a major harvest to come in. Angels, cause the word to work. Cause the money to come. Satan, take your hands off of their financial harvest. Seed, multiply in Jesus' name. And produce a mighty harvest. Thank you, Lord, as we honor you and we worship you with our wealth. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know, Deuteronomy 8.18 says, Do not forget or remember it is the Lord your God that gives you the power to generate wealth. So when you take your money and you plug it into the advancement of God's kingdom, it's you remembering that God gave you the power to create wealth. And God doesn't take that lightly. Every person that gives right now, God's going to bless you very, very mightily. In Jesus' name. I love you. Is today Thursday? Today is Thursday. Today is the last live stream of the week, except for Sunday morning. We will be live streaming the service, but I will return Monday to spend some time with you. So make sure Sunday morning at 11 a.m. that you join us right here on the channel to watch our Sunday morning service. We'd love to have you. I love you. God bless you. See you Monday.